right, eight days, the biggest tipping point choice election in the history of this country, and you are the ultimate jury. One week from tomorrow is election day, although many states have early voting going on, um, and if you want to know if your state is one of them, uh, just go to Hannity.com. We have all the election information you could ever want or need. Look, I'm going to give you some polling number, information, data, use it. It's fine. But I want you to also just I want you to just zone out of whatever it is that people might be telling you about this entire race. So it seems a little hypocritical, like I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth. But I and in one way I am. But I'm just I'm just giving you anecdotal information, evidence that the mob, the media will never provide to you. Right now, they're going all in, no matter what, defend the Bidens on their family corruption and all in on COVID fear, COVID fear, COVID fear, COVID fear. You know, it'd be nice if they actually covered the fact that we're in final stage testing and, you know, probably any week now we're going to hear that, yeah, they're going to they're now going for full approval after the final human trials of of vaccine testing have taken place uh, or the new therapeutics like Regeneron and Eli Whitney and others that they have discovered. Um, But no, let's not go there. Um, It's, you know, anything that makes Donald Trump look bad. Look, they want to deflate people's enthusiasm. It's not happening. You can tell. Just look at these rallies all over the country that this president is having. I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen the type of the energy or an energized base like I see with Donald Trump. One of the more fascinating observations that nobody's really picked up on. And uh, Ronna McDaniel runs the RNC and and she's the chairwoman. And she's been pointing out about 25 percent of the people showing up at these rallies have never did not vote for Donald Trump in 2016. I mean, that 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 is a big number to me. Huge that nobody's paying attention. Again, anecdotal. Now we have these uncharted waters. Sixty million people already having voted. Um, A lot of lying, a lot of fear mongering. You've got the the big tech companies now censoring information just on behalf of all things Democratic Socialist and Joe Biden. Uh, We already have the entire media mob. Ninety nine point nine percent. They're in the tank. They're basically an extension of the, the Biden campaign and and their press operation, state-run media, if you will, state-run newspapers, state-run broadcast channels, state-run cable news channels. They are what they are. They're not going to change. But so I, I, the only thing that really matters is that we will get the country that we deserve, and it's in your hands, and you have the opportunity to make the difference. Now, if you're too lazy to get your ass out and vote and put the effort in that it takes to vote, I can't help you. We will end up with a with this socialist utopia, fossil fuel free, unmitigated economic depression that Biden will ultimately lead, lead us into the abyss on. And I don't know how we get it back. Well, it will be the biggest power grab in over 150 years. This is a real clear present danger to the America that we know based on their stated policies, which we will go over in detail. 
Uh, Rasmussen today. Now, there were two pollsters. Actually, uh, Matt Towery was another one. Uh, Trafalgar Rasmussen reports that, you know, called the 2016 presidential race accurately. Three weeks ago, Rasmussen had Trump trailing Biden by 12 points. Two weeks ago, Biden's lead dropped to five points. Last week, Rasmussen had Trump trailing Biden by three points. Today's Rasmussen, latest poll, likely voters. uh, Donald Trump is in the lead, 48-47. That would mean late-breaking deciders, swing voters, if you will, or or those that had been on the fence or, you know, post-debate voters. They're now saying, and last Wednesday was 49-46. That was the day before the debate. Now they have... Trump ahead 4847. Should you put all of your faith, hope, and trust in it? No. Because we have nearly 60 million people that have already voted. Uh, we have Matt Towery inside of advantage. Now has Donald Trump up by two in the great state of Pennsylvania. You got Joe Biden was off pretty much just doing a virtual fundraiser yesterday, off the campaign trail today. Now Donald Trump is in the middle of his second rally. In Pennsylvania today, he's got another rally in Pennsylvania today. He's holding three today. He's doing two, three, four uh, events every single day from now until Election Day. And they're adding every every second. I see they're adding to their schedule. President's fighting for every single vote. Um, obviously, that look, Joe Biden was off, five, what, four or five days? Five, four out of five days in the lead up to the last debate. It's all for nearly a week before the first debate. There's something going on. Whenever he's out on the campaign trail for any amount of time, he just puts he he can't keep it together. Referring to President Trump as George Bush in an interview. Um, He referred to Trump supporters as chumps. Let's play those two. And by the way, we don't do things like those chumps out there with a microphone are doing the Trump guys. Come on, man. You a junkie? I'm running as a proud Democrat, but I will govern as an American president for everybody. I'll work as hard for those. I'll work as hard for those who don't support me as those who do, including those chumps with the microphone out there. And the character of the country, in my view, is literally on the ballot. What kind of country we're going to be? Four more years of George. Uh, George, uh, he uh, is going to find ourselves Georgia. in a position where. If uh, Trump gets elected, uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be in a different world. I mean, you can't make this stuff. Up. He actually had a, a rally with a crowd of, I think, 12 people with Bon jo- John Bon Jovi. I mean, probably the smallest crowd Bon Jovi's ever seen in his life. And well, they did have like seven bumpkins in the in the shot. Um, so that's what you've got. So anyway, so that's happening here. Uh, he was grilled on his comments what's really really come out now is this ban of fossil fuels they've now been out there the biden campaign since thursday just doing major major damage control because he has said repeatedly on the campaign trail in the primary so is kamala harris They have said they will ban fracking and eliminate fossil fuels. They say it. They say it again and again and again that they will literally and guarantee. I guarantee we'll end fossil fuels. I'll eliminate, you know, coal, fracking, fossil fuels. 
Kamala Harris, same thing. Now, smartly, and I'd never seen this before, the Trump campaign has now added a Trump, you know those jumbotrons? I'm going to call it a Trumpatron, I don't know, at all these events. And he's playing two separate things. One is Joe Biden, then and now, on fossil fuels and fracking. Listen. I am not, not, not banning fracking, period. But kiddo, I want you to just take a look, okay? You don't have to agree, but I want you to look in my eyes. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, we're going to end fossil fuel, and I am not going to cooperate with it, okay? No more, no new fracking. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, it would be, we, would, we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated and no more subsidies for either one of those. Will you commit to implementing a federal ban on fracking your first day in office, adding the United States to the list of countries who have banned this devastating practice? There's no question I'm in favor of banning fracking. They're saying it again and again and again. Now, they're trying to do damage control and Biden was pressed on this in an interview. Look, I'm from Scranton, Pennsylvania. How many years did he live in Scranton? Like three or four? My great-grandfather was a mining engineer. Okay, but well, what does that mean? That doesn't take back the many, many times that he's been saying we're going to eliminate fracking and, end, uh, uh, all, and get rid of and ban and eliminate fossil fuels. It doesn't do a darn thing about it. So with regard to gas and oil and coal... And the transit, he said it during the debate. He couldn't have been more clear during this debate. And Donald Trump kept the attention on it. Let's hit it. Would he close down the oil industry? Would you close down the oil industry? I would transition from the oil industry, yes. Oh, I would transition. That is a big statement. That's a because I would stop. Why would you do that? Because the oil industry pollutes significantly. I see. Here's the deal. But that's a big statement. Well, if you let me finish the statement, because it has to be replaced by renewable energy over time, over time. And I'd stop giving to the oil industry. I'd stop giving them federal subsidies. He won't give federal subsidies to the to the gas. Excuse me, to the to uh, solar and wind. Yeah. Why are we giving it to oil industry? We actually do All give right. it to solar and wind. We and have that's one maybe final the biggest question. statement in terms of business. That's the biggest statement. Okay. Because basically, what he's saying question, is he is Mr. going President. to destroy the oil industry. Okay. Will you remember that Texas? Will you okay. remember that Pennsylvania, Oklahoma? Great line, New Mexico. Yeah, remember it. Uh, the president also now Biden's been running all these ads that Donald Trump's going to take away pre-existing conditions and destroy Medicare to scare old people. It's a typical tactic. He's been running this also on the jumbotron, Trumpotron, whatever you want to call it in Pennsylvania. Listen, let me ask you a question, Joe. Yeah, you're right here with me. Yeah. Have you been on the floor of the Senate? You were in the Senate for a few years. Yeah. Time and time again, talking about the necessity with pride about cutting Social Security, cutting Medicare, cutting veterans programs. No. You never said that. No. When I argued that we should freeze federal spending, I meant Social Security as well. I meant Medicare and Medicaid. I meant veterans benefits. I meant every single solitary thing in the government. Here's the deal. You're an honest guy. Why don't you just tell the truth here? We all make mistakes. I, I am telling the truth. And I not only tried it once, I tried it twice. I tried it a third time, and I tried it a fourth time. Joe, let me repeat it again. I want you just to be straight with the American people. I am saying that you have been 
on the floor of the Senate time and time again, talking about the need to cut Social Security, Medicare, and veterans programs. Is that true or is that no, not true? No, it's not true. What that is, is not true? That is not true. I meant veterans, but I meant every single solitary thing in the government. Everything was on the table. I did not support any of those cuts in Social Security or in veterans. Whoa, benefits. whoa, whoa. You, you, everything was on the table. All right, you're right. You just said it, including, in your judgment, cuts to Social Security and veterans. In order to get the kinds of changes we need on other okay. things related. Joe, then but, you just, but we did not cut it. I, I know, because people like me helped stop that. All that I would say to the American people, go to YouTube. It's all over the place. Joe said it many, many times. I'm surprised. You know, you can defend that or change your mind on it, but you can't deny the reality. I mean, that's a checkmate moment. Unbelievable. You know how many jobs will be lost? You know, it will destroy the stated policies of Joe Biden when you put aside the lying and election year uh, conversions would destroy Americans, capitalist, well-producing success. Their stated policies. All right, as we roll along, best election coverage available on your radio dial. President Barnstorming Pennsylvania Insider Advantage has him up by three in Pennsylvania today. I mean, you can't. I, I'm telling you, act like the future of the country is in your hands because it is. You know, th- this is Joe Biden will destroy his stated policies will destroy this economy. He will raise taxes. He will increase regulation. He's promising now amnesty to what? 15 million people will be the United Sanctuary States of America, forcing taxpayers to now pay for health care, education for people that don't respect our borders, our laws, our sovereignty. He will force government run health care on the entire country, replace Obamacare with Biden care. How did Obamacare week uh, work out? He has no commitment to police. No commitment to law and order. Uh, He is now going to destroy the energy sector. He will make us reliant again on on foreign sources of energy. He will waste trillions on this new green deal. He will drive up the price of energy. We know his foreign policy is one of appeasement, like with countries like Iran and elsewhere. He'll be apologizing for America. Put us in that idiotic Paris Accord again. He will gut and weaken our military uh, and literally, you know, it's they'll pack the courts. They'll eliminate the filibuster amnesty for so many people. Uh, Statehood for D.C., Puerto Rico, who else knows where? I mean, it'll be the biggest power grab in the history of the country. If you're wondering what's on the ballot, America's free enterprise capitalist system will be turned on its head. You know, nobody will want to build any business in this country, the energy sector, millions of jobs will be lost. Manufacturing will be impacted. Every American family will be paying more for energy. You want to know what's in your hands in eight days? All of this. I can't do it. All I can do is sound the, the call here. This is what will happen. You, the American people, have got a choice to make. And that means all of you. 25 till the top of the hour. Best election coverage available on radio and television. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. 
One of the things I, th- I just heard that Biden apparently they lifted the lid. He's apparently going to do a, a quick event in Delaware today because the president is embarrassing him everywhere he goes. I mean, he did one virtual event yesterday. This guy has been off every single day for two weeks, nearly, except for the debate. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, You know, I guess after 47 years, all talk, no action, broken promises. You know, one thing I I had a discussion with somebody who was on the fence this weekend. I said, all right, tell me one specific thing that that Joe Biden has done in 47 years. One policy that improved the lives of the American people. First thing, well, the Obamacare helped a lot. I stop right there. You know, millions lost their plans, right? That what was the promise? Keep your doctor, keep your plan, save money. Average family saves $2,500 per family per year. And I went through, I said, did millions lose their doctor? Yeah, that's true. Did millions of Americans lose their plans? Yeah, that's true too. Are we paying on average about 200% more? Hannity, you know this stuff better than I do. If you say so, I do believe you, which is true. And there's nearly 40% of the country, nearly 40%. They only have one Obama care exchange option. That's it. Now we're going to switch to, to, to Biden care. I mean, you know, I, well, people that say, oh, the president's style. I, I, I have a hard time understanding and comprehending this. You know, yes, the president fought to get the money for the wall because Congress that supported it in, in Obama and Biden's second term wasn't going to let Trump have a victory. So he got the money for the wall, fought for his tax cuts. Kept his promise on regulations. Amy Coney Barrett will be a Supreme Court justice by the end of tonight. And and I, I think even sworn in tonight after the third Pennsylvania event that the president is doing today. The president kept that promise. I will choose from this list. And he kept his promise. Joe Biden's going to pack the courts. Oh, I'm going to have a commission. That means he's going to pack the courts. We already know he's controlled by the hard left. You know, I, who was it? Ocasio-Cortez was asked, I guess, this weekend, well, are you worried about that you're, you have different positions on fracking? And her answer was, no, nah, I'm not that worried because I know I can lobby him. Let me interpret that for you. We can control him. You know, and what, he's going to be asleep by 930 every morning, put a lid on, on being president, I guess, at 930 every morning. Um, the stated policies mean something. There's, you know, they have their economic record. I've said it so many times. You probably know it by heart, too. A repetition. It's, it's the only way I can make sure people understand things. You know, but eight years as vice president, 13 million more Americans food stamps, 8 million more in poverty. You know, lowest labor participation rate since the 70s. I mean, these are real numbers. Worst recovery since the 40s. Lowest home ownership rate in 52 years. More debt than all 43 uh, administrations before them combined. And they did everything wrong on COVID, according to Biden's own chief of staff. Everything wrong. You know, Joe's been there 47 years. Why didn't he ever shatter record low unemployment levels for African-Americans or Hispanic-Americans or Asian-Americans or women in the workplace or African-American youth unemployment, or youth unemployment. Why didn't he do that? The president brought this up in the debate. Why, why didn't you do criminal justice reform? You're the one that was saying everybody's a predator. Why did Joe Biden partner 
and praise as his mentor and friend, the former Klansman, and then partner with the former Klansman who filibustered the Civil Rights Act and was against the Voting Rights Act to stop integration of schools because Joe didn't want his kids going to public schools that were racial jungles. His words. Well, you know, that doesn't even barely come up in the in the entire campaign because Joe isn't out there. Why didn't Joe and Barack do police reform after Ferguson, Baltimore, or any of the other high-profile incidents? Why didn't they ever do opportunity zones? You know, why didn't they commit the same amount of monies and, and over the longest period of time for historically black colleges? Why didn't they do it? You know, Biden saying, oh, the good people on both sides in Charlottesville, we've debunked that lie. I'm not talking about the white nationalists. They, they should be condemned, the president said. You know, Biden's no, in no position to lecture anybody on the issue of race. Put you all back in chains and poor kids are just as smart as white kids. You ain't black, by the way. And I mean, you got the first mainstream African-American who's articulate and bright and clean. The first sort of mainstream, first one ever. That's articulate, bright and clean. A nice looking guy. That's storybook, man. Loves to say the word man. Come on, man. You a junkie, man. Come on, man. Can't go to a 7-Eleven, Dunkin' Donuts, slight Indian accents. My state is a slave state. Wow. Pretty unbelievable. You know, does it, does it come up ever? The mob, the media, did they ever go over Joe's record? The $150 billion to the Iranian mullahs that chant death to America, death to Israel? Why didn't they move the embassy to Jerusalem? Why didn't they come up with these historic peace deals? Now it's Sudan, Bahrain. And what's the other country? I forget the other one. That's three peace deals in the Middle East. They didn't get that done either. Done more for Israel, done more for religious freedom than any president in history, Donald J. Trump. You know, why did he allow fraud on the FISA court to happen? That happened on, on Barack and Joe's watch. Hillary's dirty dossier, that was Joe and Barack's watch. Lying to the FISA court to spy on a campaign, that was under their watch. Now, not once has Joe ever criticized Hillary's dirty dossier. Not once. Why didn't Joe ever negotiate a better trade deal? Why did Joe support that idiotic deal of NAFTA? Why did they allow our military to deteriorate in the last eight years? You know, how is it they, you know, why did they put the rules of engagement on our military and allow the caliphate to grow in Iran, Iraq and Syria? Once, once Donald Trump took off the handcuffs, the military wiped them out. He couldn't even praise the killing of Soleimani. And for all the talk about bin Laden being dead and GM alive, GM died under their watch. Manufacturing died. They're the ones that said it's, those jobs ain't coming back. They came back under Donald Trump. He couldn't praise the president for taking out Soleimani, responsible for killing Americans and others worldwide, the number one state sponsor of terror, Iran. That was his handiwork. He led that effort. Or taking out Baghdadi and associates, or taking out the Al Qaeda leader in Yemen, or you know they criticized the president. What did he ever give Kim Jong Un? Nothing. President gave him time. He gave him time. His time. He met and spoke with him. What do we get back? Hostages, remains from our, of our soldiers. You know what's wrong with what, what's wrong with that? Is it, do we have better trade deals with? Mexico and Canada and Europe and Japan and even China, which we'd never had before. Did we, is NATO now paying a lot more of their fair share? Yes. Why didn't they do that in the eight years? 
You know, why didn't they broker any peace deals? You know, why is it that they did nothing in Chicago? 4,000 homicides while Joe and Barack were president and vice president. 20,000 shootings in Chicago. That's Barack's hometown. Why didn't they do anything to stop the violence? Why did they say the police become the enemy? Why did Joe say he'd redirect funds away from the police? Why did Kamala praise the defunding of the LAPD of $150 million? You know, why didn't they end chokeholds? Eric Gardner happened on their watch, not on Trump's watch. Trump did that. You know, why didn't he demand that, that liberal governors and liberal uh, mayors restore law and order and safety and security? Police have become the enemy. Hasn't even been asked about that. You know, it was funny. The, the, the puffball interview Nora O'Donnell gave on 60 Minutes, it was unwatchable. And that weird laugh of Kamala Harris, are you a socialist? Ha, 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 ha. I, I mean, it's bizarre. I believe Biden accuser, she once said. He didn't ask about that. I was that little girl saying she was a victim of the former Klansman, Robert Byrd, and Joe Biden's anti-school integration and busing policies. I wasn't Kamala asked about why did she compare ICE to the KKK? Why wasn't she asked about accusing Joe of coddling the reputations of segregationists? Why didn't she explain why she said that she wouldn't be a member of the U.S. Senate if those men he praised had their way? Why wasn't she asked about calling Jussie Smollett's hate crime hoax a modern-day lynching? Why did she not get asked about the group she funded the Minnesota Defense Fund that put up bail for violent criminals? What about the smear she led against Kavanaugh? What about her, you know, instead of the broad question, you a socialist, why did you sponsor the new Green Deal in the U.S. Senate? Or co-sponsor it. Why did you support banning plastic straws and putting limits on red meat? Why did you co-sponsor Bernie's Medicare for All if you're not that left of center and liberal why do you support eliminating health care plans private health insurance plans kamala supports that you know why does she support sanctuary cities and states and eliminating ice why does she support executive action to take away our second amendment rights why does she support stacking the u.s supreme court i mean this is how corrupt the mob and the media is they don't tell you any of this Takes me a, it takes me a whole hour to go through just the headlines of their positions. That, those are their stated positions. On COVID, you know, they were missing in action. I mean, that travel ban implemented 10 days after the first identified case of corona. Wow. Pretty, pretty, that, you know, well, I downplayed the virus. No, he upplayed it. Nobody thought he should take that action. That one action alone, how many hundreds of thousands of people likely did not contract that virus early on when it was more deadly in terms of us not knowing as much about it and having the therapeutics and the means to deal with it? The president got all that done. Was he hoping for another billion-dollar deal for Hunter? Not asked any questions about Hunter, the money he makes from Burisma, the billion dollars of taxpayer money that Joe himself leveraged to get a, a prosecutor, Victor Shokin, fired in, in Ukraine because he's investigating zero experience Hunter being paid millions. Hunter's deal with the Bank of China. Hunter's shopping spree with a, with a Chinese national. The three and a half 
million dollar wire transfer from the Russian oligarch, the first lady of Moscow, the wire transfer with the Kazakhstan oligarch. What about this guy, Bobolinsky, Tony Bobolinsky, with the emails and text messages the FBI has been talking to the last week? And the Senate, you know, these two Senate committees, one led by Ron Johnson, one led by Chuck Grassley. And the fact that, yeah, Joe was in the room. And the text message is, yeah, uh, we'll put X number of, of, of percent in, in holding with Hunter for the big guy. He's saying, yeah, the big guy was Joe Biden. The media putting a blackout on that, too. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know, how does somebody get to hide in their basement and get all of the cover and support that the media has given this guy? I mean, it's, it's pretty unbelievable. I've never seen things this bad, but I think the good news is, I, I can't say for sure, I'm where I was in 2016. 2016, I said to you that absolutely, positively, Donald Trump can be elected. And I'm telling you in 2020 the same exact thing. Donald Trump absolutely, positively can win this election. It's going to take you to make that happen. You live especially in these important states, Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, Ohio, Iowa. If you live in Arizona, very important. Now even New Mexico, you care about your energy industry in New Mexico? What about Nevada? How's that shutdown working out there for you guys? Not too good. States like Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, did you listen to Joe and Kamala? Did you hear what they're going to do to the economy of your state? They will destroy it. Same with Wisconsin and Michigan and even Minnesota. New Hampshire, you paying attention? Nebraska, Congressional District 2, you paying attention? Omaha area, you paying attention to Maine? Are you paying attention in these Senate races? Lindsey Graham in South Carolina, Tillis, North Carolina, McConnell, Kentucky, Got important races. Cory Gardner's got an uphill fight in, in Colorado. Martha McSally did a great job so far in Arizona for the people of Arizona. Really radical positions of her opponent. Wow. And she's calling him out. All right, live free or die, America. The world is on the brink, and it's only eight days, and you are the ultimate jury. Hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of this extravaganza, um, if you listen to the media mob, you probably won't even barely recognize uh, the name of Tony Bobolinsky. This is the guy that actually held the press conference before the debate the other night. Former Biden Hunter Biden associate who actually says Joe Biden is lying through his teeth about his involvement in his son's overseas business dealings. He made all of this public in this press conference on Thursday uh, the media mob running full cover for all things radical, democratic, socialist, all things the weak, frail, forgetful um, and lying and corrupt Joe Biden is saying and doing. Uh, now, Bob Alinsky has spent a lot of time, apparently, not only before the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committees, uh, but also with the FBI uh, spending many, many hours, I am told, with them as as well. Um, if, if you had a Senate report that concluded, now we already have Joe Biden on tape. You're not getting a billion dollars unless you fire a prosecutor investigating my zero experience on Hunter being paid millions. 
Does Hunter have any experience in Ukraine? No. Oil? No. Gas? No. Energy? No. Why would you pay him millions? Because his father's the vice president. Probably even said that in Good Morning America. Three and a half million dollars from a Russian oligarch, the first lady of Moscow. How come there are wire transfers with a a Kazakhstan uh, oligarch uh, to Hunter Biden's firm? How come Devin Archer has now been criminally convicted awaiting his sentencing? And what about this uh, other guy, uh, Bevan Cooney? He's now in jail, another Hunter Biden associate. Now you've got, you know, three plus years of electronic data, text messages, emails, etc. from Bob Alinsky. And he's saying, in fact, Joe Biden lied through his teeth. And you and I both know everybody here, not just you and I, everybody in this audience knows you all know. I know that if the last name was Hunter Trump, there'd be a very different um, media coverage about all this. The mob, the media, big tech. The Democratic establishment, weak Republicans, the rhino establishments are all against Donald Trump. All things Trump. The only thing that's going to stop them is you in eight days. You're the ultimate jury. Listen, for example, how the mob, the media just runs full interference about this and and also, you know, echoes the phony talking points. By the way, they just dismiss evidence right out of hand. The whole impeachment scandal was a quid pro quo. And you got Joe, you're not getting one billion taxpayer dollars. You got six hours unless you fire a prosecutor. They ignored it. They ignored that. That's how sick this is. Listen, I just want to deal in fact, because there is so much speculation out there and there is zero evidence that Hunter Biden or Joe Biden did anything wrong here. We should note again, and you, you and I have said this in the air many times, there is no evidence that Joe Biden was you know, involved in any wrongdoing. Of course, I want to note that there is no evidence that Joe Biden or Hunter Biden has done anything wrong. I just want to reiterate. And let's be clear for the viewers. There is no evidence Biden did anything wrong. I'll note again because it's important. There is no, I repeat, no. There is no evidence that either Biden did anything illegal. There's been no evidence. There was no evidence. There's no evidence. There is no evidence. There is not an iota of evidence. No No evidence evidence Biden Biden did did anything anything wrong. wrong. There's really no evidence that Joe Biden did anything wrong. Nobody's ever accused uh, that, I mean, there's no evidence whatsoever that Joe Biden did anything wrong. Got that? Part of a Russian uh, disinformation uh, effort. Described by many intelligence experts as having hallmarks. All the hallmarks, rather. All the hallmarks of a Russian. Russian. Russian disinformation. disinformation. Russian disinformation. Disinformation campaign. This is a classic example of the right-wing media machine. It's unbelievable. Now the question is, remember, Tony Bobolinsky, uh, Hunter's partner, with all of the evidence... Now saying that the big guy that Hunter Biden was going to hold 10 percent of the, the earnings with was Joe Biden. That He spoke to Joe Biden himself. Is Joe the big guy? Anyway, Kimberly Strassel had a great article called The Biden Family Legacy. She's she's probably done the most comprehensive and deepest dive on this. And by the way, the DNI, FBI, DOJ have all said this is not part of a Russian uh, disinformation campaign. Uh, Kimberly joins us now. Uh, how are you? Hey, Sean, how are you? There are not many of us, Kimberly Strassel, that actually care about the truth. And it's just spectacular to me the level by which, you know, the mob and the media will lie and protect all things Democratic, Socialist and Joe Biden. 
Well, it was fascinating just listening to that compilation you put forward, because if you'd have done one a week ago, Sean, it would have been what you just said. This is Russian disinformation, Russian disinformation, Russian disinformation. Then when we go out and we prove that it's not Russian disinformation, they just seamlessly transfer to the new talking point is, yeah, well, there's no proof that anyone actually did anything illegal or wrong. And I find that really interesting because to listen to the press these days, you would think that the only standard of behavior for politicians is whether or not they have committed a felony, okay? And that's certainly not the level that they hold whenever they come to talk about a conservative or Republican politician. So now their questions are, all Joe does is dismiss it. Let me go back to what I started with. The fact that we had an impeachment of a president over what we had a non-whistleblower, hearsay whistleblower. We had non-witnesses, opinion witnesses, and hearsay witnesses. We had one fact witness. That fact witness said President Trump said he wants nothing and he didn't want a quid pro quo. Uh, but yet Joe Biden is on tape saying, you're, I'm leaving in six hours. You're not getting a billion taxpayer dollars unless you fire a Ukrainian prosecutor. We find out is investigating. His name is Victor Shokin. A zero experience hunter who goes on Good Morning America and admits he has no experience, oil, gas, energy or Ukraine. Now, you would think if there, there has to be some level of intellectual honesty, curiosity, integrity in the media that they'd report that, uh, especially in light of all that they were arguing about Donald Trump's phone call with President Zelensky. Well, and by the way, they actually did last summer back when they were starting the primary and the media press corps was not in the tank for Joe Biden and they would have preferred to have seen a progressive candidate win, you had a whole raft of stories about Biden Inc. and about all the problems Hunter had caused Joe Biden uh, back when he was vice president and dealing with Ukraine, talking about some of his issues with China. But I think that this is why, I mean, and then they changed their mind, but this is why what has come out in the past couple of months between that Senate report from Ron Johnson and Chuck Grassley. And now from Mr. Bob Alinsky, his word and the emails that he has provided, the laptop that made it to the New York Post, what they're all showing is that this is not a one-off by Hunter. This is how he does business. And I'll tell you, Sean, as someone who had to read through, I read through every one of those emails and text messages that Bob Alinsky sent. This is a guy who's desperate. He actually says so in there. He says, I, I, got, I got divorced. I've got money problems. I need to get paid more. I need my money now. I can't wait for it to the end of the year. And, and also incredibly clear, this was the business proposition to sell the Biden name. He wasn't bringing any anything to this deal other than that. He actually brags about it throughout this, saying, you know, they don't want you, they want me. They want the Bidens. That's why this is happening. And, you know, so that brings up some big questions. And, and do they raise, go to felony level? Even if they go to influence peddling, what does that mean? It means the Chinese in this case were buying access to Hunter Biden and obviously hoping through that getting access to politicians, perhaps getting protection. That's what influence peddling means. And that is disturbing. The biggest, uh, you know, we have what I'm calling institutional forces now in eight days. They, they've been so aligned against all things Donald Trump, and we've seen nothing of, of this but the day that President Trump and First Lady Melania Trump came down the escalator and announced that he was running on, at Trump Tower. But, I mean, big tech companies now are deciding what content we can and cannot read, but they still have Section 230 uh, liability protections. 
Then you've got the media mob. It's it's ca- every other cable news network but, but Fox. And by the way, Fox is not all conservative by any stretch. And then you've got fake news CNN. Then you've got the New York Times and the Washington Post and most papers in this country, not yours. And then you add to that, you know, so you got the media mob, you got big tech mob, you got the Democratic Party establishment, so many rhino Republicans. They claim they were conservative. They're not conservative. How could you support Joe Biden, the socialist, if you're a conservative? A lot of forces against this man. No, it's pretty much everybody against this man. And, you know, there are some that we could also add in there. You know, the entire educational establishment, and particularly higher education, and the messages that are coming out from that. Um, You know, and I think that this is something that we're talking about elections that people need to to bear in mind, because it's not just now that the Democratic Party has captured the press, which is clear, um, you know, but pretty much every institution, uh, the administrative state. Okay, let's talk about that. Hollywood, uh, universities, nonprofits, uh, Silicon Valley, as you mentioned. Um, And uh, this is going to be one of the questions, because one of the few checks you can still have on that, obviously, are the elected representatives that we put into office. Um, And and that's really what's on the ballot to some extent in uh, on the House and the Senate and the White House uh, a week from now. The one thing that Biden doesn't have is the support of people. Um, I mean, him and Bon Jovi, I think they did an event in front of seven people and 12 pumpkins. And Bon Jovi was singing before the 12 pumpkins and the seven people. Poor Bon Jovi, because he's the one that, you know, would actually draw a real crowd. So my question is, you know, how do you see this playing out? Because in many ways, this is this election, these are uncharted waters. We have more um, votes that have taken place before the election ever in history. Looks like we're on track to have the biggest turnout we've had in I don't know how many decades even. Your thoughts? Well, it's it's really hard because on the one hand, none of this makes sense to me, Sean. You look at those polls, so many of those polls, we had a new raft of them out today, one set showing, you know, Joe Biden up seven, eight, nine points in Michigan, Pennsylvania. You know, then you look at the, you dig down into those numbers and they're assuming 37% turnout for Democrats, 37% for Republicans. How does that factor in with these rallies you're seeing across the United States? How does that factor in with other polling data that shows the president doing so much better with minority voters, uh, Latinos and African Americans? How does it factor in with these states like Florida and Pennsylvania, where Republicans uh, signed up so many more new voters over the past By the way, years? Insider Advantage has Trump up by three in Pennsylvania today. I, I want to get more of your analysis, though. i got to get it on the other side. Kimberly Strassel, Wall Street Journal, great investigative reporter, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. All right, as we continue with uh, columnist, investigative reporter, Kimberly Strassel uh, we're, of the Wall Street Journal, we're getting her analysis of where this race is uh, headed. We'll get to your calls in the next half hour. 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, how big a screw up was Biden's remarks in the debate as it relates to states like Pennsylvania, Ohio, Oklahoma, Texas, New Mexico? Uh, we'll check in with the CEO of an energy company uh, coming up later in the program as well. Also, Newt Gingrich. All right. So how does this play out? We're now eight days away. Early voting now in many states. Sixty million votes, we believe, now have been cast. And uh, again, I I. I I just everyone's guessing 
I have all the anecdotal evidence I, I can use to make any argument, to be honest, Kim. Yeah, I'm in the exact same place, Sean. I, I don't think we, we can know, okay? Because this is an unprecedented election. Um, we, we don't understand how many people are voting now. Uh, the, how many of the people who are voting now are new voters? We don't know if this huge early voting means that there won't be as many people voting on election day. If we are having unprecedented turnout, who's the enthusiasm for? Which side? And 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 we don't know about the the turnout models and the and the ground game. You know, I mean, again, we have a lot of anecdotal evidence. Uh, we have a lot of polls. I have no idea how they mesh up. But one thing that just doesn't make sense is the dichotomy between all of these statistics you see about voter registration, like I said, about improved performance amid uh, uh, minority groups, and then some of these polls coming out that are showing double-digit uh, differences between Biden and Trump in battleground states. It looks like Democrats have put all their eggs in the COVID fear basket. Do you see the same thing? Oh, absolutely. And I can promise you, if you turn on most channels from now until Tuesday, and I think this was cooked into the book a long time ago, no matter whether or not you'd have seen some of these case counts going up or not, there is not going to be a single other story on any headline news thing until then, uh, because it's Joe Biden's favorite argument. All right, Kimberly Strassel, thank you, as always. And by the way, author of Resistance at All Costs, How Trump Haters Are Breaking America. Thank you, uh, Kimberly Strassel. Uh, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Your calls are next. Newt Gingrich will get his take. Eight days out. You're the ultimate jury. Set your DVR. Hannity tonight at 9 Eastern. Fox News. Best election coverage. And we will continue. All right. 25 till the top of the hour. Eight days to go. It is one week from tomorrow. It's all hands on deck. And it all comes down to you, the American people. You decide... You vote or don't vote, and you get the government you deserve. I I wish it was more complicated than that, but it really isn't. It doesn't matter what the mob says. It doesn't matter what the deep state says. It doesn't matter what the radical Democrats say or big tech companies say. Uh, What matters is what you do. Every state matters. Every vote matters. And don't let anyone push, dissuade in any way. Uh, Try and... uh, Well, take away your motivation for for voting. Nobody knows today how this is going to turn out. Everyone's guessing. You can guess away. You can anecdotally figure it out. I I could make an argument every way how this is going to end. And it would make sense. But ultimately, the sense lies with you. It's amazing. So Joe stays virtual yesterday, off the campaign trail again today. I mean... But when he goes out, well, he, he screams it at Trump supporters as chumps, refers to Trump as George W. Bush twice in one interview. We have the most inclusive voter fraud organization, he also says. I, look, I know I'm right about this. It's obvious this guy is struggling. It's obviously it's obvious he's troubled. It's obvious he's weak and frail. It's obvious the strategy was, you know, give him, give him all five of six days and and we'll get him real strong for the 90-minute the debate, and we can get him to survive and, and, not, and, and hide from the American people just how bad it is. They all know. Um, and God help us if this guy ever wins. All right, let's get to our busy phones. You're the ultimate jury in eight days. Let's say hi to Jerry is in the all-important state of Florida, as always. Joe, how are you? Glad you called. Welcome to the program. 
Hey, Sean. Hey, what I'm calling about is President Trump saved my daughter's and son's life. President Trump did? How did he do that? Allie, the Air Force officer, just returned from the Middle East, and I could sleep at night while she was defending our country as President Trump defeated who? ISIS. And getting us out of wars. So I say amen to him. And then you my know, son, uh, we, Matt, We've got to re... We now have, with military advancement, technology, innovation, invention, we, we don't have to fight wars. And by the way, one thing that'll keep us out of a lot of wars is our energy independence and being the world's largest producer of energy, which I, I, if, this, if this does not swing the state of Pennsylvania, I don't know what will. We're going to be all fossil fuels. He's going to eliminate fracking. Ohio is impacted. New Mexico is impacted. Many, many states. But, you know, we now have the ability to fight wars by pushing buttons in Tampa Bay, Florida. And that's how Amen. they should be Amen. fought. Now, um, uh, and that will, why are we going to send kids our national treasure door to door again? I can understand as a parent how you feel about it. Um, well, especially now that technology allows us, gives us more options. Yes, I, I agree 100%. And then in addition to that, my son, Matt, he should be dead at this time due to drugs, and he was a dealer. But President oh Trump's actions with the opiate crisis saved many lives, and I today can enjoy a relationship with my son, Matt. Because How long was he doing. selling or addicted to opioids? Well, he was out of our, for a long period of time, but he was out of our lives like for five years, had no indication where he was or anything like that so one day we got a call uh my wife did tony got a call saying that you know he's basically on the run you know from the police um so he didn't know what to do in that so my wife flew out right away to him and that and she's the angel i mean she's the rock of our family and she you know he survived and today he is he has his own business running recovery residence homes. Let me tell you something, and so many American families deal with this this crisis of addiction, and it's it's terrible. Um, And my friend and uh, my, you know, formerly worked at Fox, my colleague, Eric Bowling, I mean, he dealt with this on such a deep personal level when he lost his son, and, you know, it's it's terrible. It wasn't opioids in his particular case. Uh, but it was fentanyl, which is so deadly that got added to to a pill that he purchased. Um, listen, it's I'm praying for your kids. Thank God they're both safe now. Um, opioids is real, and I'll tell you, it's uh, it's scary for parents out there. I'll tell you, reason number one, two, three, four, and five to secure the border. That's where ninety percent of opi- op- opioids make it across uh, into this country, but. Yeah. And the stories he told me about that, about what came across the border. He's lucky he's alive because oh. that world Amen. ends in death. It is so sad. And even the recovery rate is very low for people that that get addicted to this stuff. It's very, very low. And it's very chilling. And our kids are being targeted. And we have wide open borders. And, um, you know, I'm glad your kids are okay. Uh, God bless you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. And All right, let's go. Let's go to these. Uh, I mentioned Joe referring to uh, heck, Trump supporters as chumps, and 
you know, refers twice to Trump as George W. Bush. And and we have the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization. Listen. And by the way, we don't do things like those chumps out there with a microphone are doing the Trump guys. I'm running as a proud Democrat, but I will govern as an American president for everybody. I'll work as hard for those. I'll work as hard for those who don't support me as those who do, including those chumps with the microphone out there. And the character of the country, in my view, is literally on the ballot. What kind of country we're going to be? Mm-hmm. Four more years of George, uh, George, uh, he uh, is going to find ourselves in a position where if uh, Trump gets elected, uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be in a different world. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. What the president is trying to do is discourage people from voting by implying that their vote won't be counted, it can't be counted, we're going to challenge it, and all these things. I mean, it's just spectacular. All right, let's get back to our phones. Uh, Daniel's in Georgia, uh, another must-hold state, very important state for the president, like North Carolina as well, Arizona as well. Uh, How are you, Daniel? Glad you called, sir. Sean, it's elated. I've been trying to call your show for months. You're my number one show that I love to listen to while I'm campaigning for the president. Um, I've knocked on 5,500 doors, and I'm excited to get him reelected. Um, and wow. I'm going to buy your book Good for you. the election is over with. Um, I want your book so bad, so I'm going to buy it when the election's over with. But my point is, I was uh, listening to uh, the uh, debate the other night, and Trump um, by far did better. But what really um, started blowing up my uh, text messages was friends from other states like Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, and some of those oil states uh, saying uh, that uh, the gap in the swing states may have shrunk or even gone away because of those comments. There's no way in heck that you're going to be able to get rid of those uh, the oil and gas industry. And that just, uh, if you were on the fence, um, you may have decided by now, but and even my opinion, if you haven't decided, then maybe you shouldn't vote because why wait until less than a week or a week before the election? So God bless, Sean, and I'll be listening to you. All right, my friend. Thank you, Daniel, and everybody in Georgia. Georgia's needed. You know, go to um, Kate, what's her name? Bettingfield is Biden's deputy campaign manager saying, oh, no, in spite of what Biden said during the debate, he's going to he's going to eliminate fossil fuels. Oh, no, no, he's not trying to end the oil industry. Listen to this lie. Donald Trump is trying to distort Joe Biden's position on this because he's desperate to be running against anybody but Joe Biden. That's been true from the start of this primary. Look, he, as, as, as Joe Biden said on the debate stage, he is not going to end the fossil fuel industry. He's going to end subsidies for the oil industry. He believes that your taxpayer dollars should go to education. Donald Trump believes they should go to Exxon. That's a, that is a contrast in a conversation that we're willing to have any day. Oh, okay. Now the Trump campaign rightly has put out an ad and I understand it's all over Pennsylvania about Biden wanting to end fracking and eliminate the oil industry. I'm up early out in the field every day. It's an intense job. If Joe Biden's elected, he'll end fracking. No new fracking. That would be the end of my job and thousands of others. I guarantee you we're going to end fossil fuel. 
Of a transition from the oil industry, yes. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. Ends. It's the end of a lot of livelihoods. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message. High-paying career jobs will lose millions of them. All right, as we continue, back to our busy phones, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Tim in Colorado, next, Sean Hannity Show. Tim, uh, I know it's going to be a rough road for Cory Gardner, but hopefully he can get reelected out there. How are you, sir? Doing well, sir, and yourself? I'm good. What's happening? Well, this whole new Green Deal, it just, if they ban fossil fuels, right now the majority of homes in the U.S. are heated by natural gas. We're at a balmy 10 degrees here in Denver today. How, what are they going to change it to? How are you going to change every house, every building in, in the U.S. to a different type of heating? By the way, that's all part of the mandatory Green New Deal. I mean, this is what Comrade de Blasio has already proposed in New York, that we're not going to use uh, steel and we're not going to use glass to build skyscrapers. Well, I don't, what, how, what are you going to build it with? You know, ice cream pop sticks? I mean, we're going to cut down trees and, and build, you know, uh, skyscrapers with uh, with lumber. I mean, they're out of their mind. So the answer to your question is, yes, they will. This there's one estimate was out there. It was about it will cost the average American six thousand five hundred dollars their transition costs for all of this crap that they're talking about. And they're by the way, this is all real. This is what they are saying they will do. This is the whole point of what I'm saying. Their stated agenda, if implemented be the biggest power grab in the history of this country. It will become one party rule and this will be the, it will take capitalism and turn it on its head. will will now become energy dependent. Once again, we'll lose millions of jobs. We'll destroy the economy in the process and America will be unrecognizable at the end of the day. Just, just on their stated plans, which I've been going over in detail. So the answer to your question is, this is what the this is what the Democratic Party has become, a radical socialist extreme party that wants to literally take America, everything that has made us the, the great, rich, prosperous country we are and eliminate every possibility of that success continuing, because that's what oil and gas represents. It's the lifeblood of the world's economy. I mean, pretty frightening, but this is what they're saying. Anyway, how's uh, 10 degrees? A little cold out there for me, Tim. So I don't think, uh, I bet the marijuana stores are doing well, though, right? That business is booming out there. Oh, yeah, that hasn't closed. <laughs> it's not going to close either. Um, you know, I'm just, do we really want to be a stoned nation? I mean, is that what we really want? Um, I don't know why people don't see the danger of this being a gateway drug for kids like I do. I just, I, I don't think, you know, you got to be happy in life without having to use all these substances, in my view. Doesn't well, mean that's that. What, that's what's brought all the homeless people to Denver. Hey, oh, what? Go get high. It's unbelievable. And there's a lot of money in it for government. Don't, don't forget that for a second, by the way. There's a ton of money that they're making on this. Anyway, glad you called, sir. Thank you. Best of luck. Good luck to Corey Gardner out there, too. 800-941-SEAN. Newt Gingrich at the top of the hour. Eight days to go. Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern. Set your DVR. Fox News. Best election coverage on radio and television. As we continue, you're the ultimate jury. Eight days till election day.
Glad you're with us. News Roundup and Information Overload Hour. Eight days, you are the ultimate jury. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, Biden's pledge to end fracking. Biden's pledge to eliminate fossil fuels is now resonating. Insider Advantage poll, Matt Towery out today, has post-debate Donald Trump up by three in Pennsylvania. Um, I know the media wants you to feel that this race is done. It's over, kaput, finished. Do not listen to the media. Newt Gingrich on FoxNews.com has an article up. Uh, Trump should emphasize three things now in the closing days of this campaign. Uh, Joins us now from the great country of Italy and the Holy See, where, of course, uh, his wife, Callista, is the ambassador to the Holy See. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, but I'm actually joining you from the even greater country of the United States. Uh, oh, you're back. Arlington, Virginia. I'm back. When did you and, finally uh, get back? I've been pushing for this for a long time. Uh, we came in Saturday. Oh, good for and you. we're having a great time. And it's uh, nice to be back in the same time. By the way, does, does now, would Callista automatically be the ambassador in a second term of, no, of President no, no, Trump? No. It's entirely up to the president. Okay. Uh, you know, if he picks her... She would probably be honored, but if he, you know, if she recognizes that's his decision, and there are lots of people who'd like to be the ambassador of the Vatican, so we'll have to wait and see. We're not, you know, the, this election's about vastly more. But than, then you won't be going out to dinner. Then you won't be asleep at three a.m. if you're back here, and uh, I have to wake you up and beg you to be on television. Uh, which, by the way, you've been very gracious to do. Okay, three things you think the president ought to be emphasizing. Well, well let me just they? say before before we get to that. Yeah. How, how do you deal with a guy who refers to George, you know, George, oh, Trump? I, mean, <laughs> I know. I, I mean, but know, it, this is not just one minor, you know, campaign gaffe, which anybody that has ever given a speech knows it's very possible. Um, but, I mean, this this guy's genuinely out of it. He is. I, and I, you know, I mean, I, I can't take seriously an argument about whether he was for or against fracking, because I don't think he remembers <laughs> no, I think he does remember, and I think he's lying through his teeth now because he made a big campaign blunder and then eliminating fossil fuels. They've been trying to clean that up since Thursday. Um, but well, he's already and, committed and way, to all of it in writing. Well, and as you know, it's already had an effect in Pennsylvania, um, where it's sinking in pretty rapidly. And I, I believe the president may, in fact, come out of uh, western Pennsylvania with a big enough margin that they will not be able to steal it in Philadelphia. And, uh, you know, this, this election's different than 16, because in 16, the Democrats weren't prepared to steal anything because they all knew they were going to win. So they were too busy buying champagne. Uh, this year, they know that they're in the fight of their life. And if they, if they get a chance to steal some states, they're clearly going to. And I think Pennsylvania is the number one state because of Philadelphia's historic corruption. Okay, but I think but, it's possible that the yeah. president is actually going to um, carry the state by too big a margin uh, for them to even try to steal it. One thing that is now consistent in, in many, many polls is a dramatic increase for the president in African-American support and Hispanic-American support. Um, if that holds, doesn't it then mathematically become impossible for Democrats to win? Because we're not talking about a small margin. You know, we're talking at the president consistently polling it above 15 percent with both demographics, in some cases as high as 40 percent. Right. And in fact, we just had a poll out of Texas showing him carrying Texas handily. And it was partly because he was picking up 
a substantial increase in black votes and a substantial increase in Latino votes. And I think, I mean, I've had a very simple formula, as you mentioned, and I've written about it in my newsletters at, at uh, Gingrich 360, and that is win the fight over COVID, which he, he began to pick up on a big fact today. The Europeans are in real trouble. I mean, all these left-wing newspapers that kept saying, oh, look how bad the U.S. is doing. Well, the Prime Minister of Spain admitted yesterday they probably undercounted the number of cases by two million. Because they, um, they never they did reported. the amount of testing that we've been doing right. in this country. But so every, every comparison you've seen is off. Italy announced yesterday they're closing all the restaurants again for the next 30 days. At, uh, so nobody can go out to dinner. Uh, Spain has established an emergency. Good, by the way, good thing you got back home just in time to get, you know, you'll be able to go out to eat again. <laughs> but, well, it's amazing. But, but you think about this. So first, I think the president has to win the COVID argument. And there, you know, Biden is totally vulnerable. Second, the president I think, just has to keep hammering on the economy. And, of course, Biden is helping him all over the place. There, there's an estimated 600,000 jobs in Pennsylvania related to fossil fuels. 600,000. Uh, the price of heating oil in New Hampshire directly relates to Biden's desire to kill the program that produces heating oil. You just go down this list. That was one of those great occasions where the president, by slowing down and letting Biden talk, allowed Biden to fumble the ball big time. And then third, there's this whole question of the family corruption with China, Russia, and Ukraine. Uh, and it comes down to a really simple test question. You know, we, we have absolute certainty that, for example, a $3.5 million wire transfer was made from a Russian oligarch to Hunter. Now, does, first of all, does anybody doubt that if your son or your daughter got $3.5 bucks in one wire transfer, they might have mentioned it to you? This idea uh, yeah. Know what his son was doing? I mean, give me no, a but they have a complete blackout on this guy, Bob Alinsky, that has, you know, phones going back to 2015 with specific quotes and specific meetings that he was attending as one of Hunter's partners. By the way, two have been criminally convicted. One's in jail. One's awaiting sentencing uh, that implicate Joe Biden and bring him right up to speed on all things uh, Hunter Biden business dealings with Russia, Ukraine, Kazakhstan and China. Yeah. I wrote today, it's as though the Washington Post had said to Woodward and Bernstein, please don't pay any attention to Nixon. <laughs> it's I mean, a good point, actually. You know, it's, this is insane. How can the major so-called news organizations in the U.S. have pretty solid information that the dictatorship in China, which is a totalitarian dictatorship, no contract with an American political figure could possibly have occurred without the approval of the dictatorship? All right, you have three arguments. You you have three arguments you want the president to make in the closing days. He's making one in in Pennsylvania and and New Mexico and Oklahoma, Texas and and Ohio about fracking. He's making another which, message. Which, well, which, which fits the economy. I mean, I think he has an economic argument of the Trump recovery and the Biden depression, and the whole fracking fight is an exact model of that. Trump will continue to have a healthy, job-creating, price-lowering energy industry. Biden will screw the whole thing up. Which future do you like? It's that simple. Number two? Number two is you've got a candidate who can't remember who he's running against, clearly has some problems cognitively, whose entire family has for at least more than a decade been deeply involved in scooping up money worldwide. 
Now, how comfortable are you? You have a potential president where the communist Chinese, the Russians, the Ukrainians, and others all have something on his family. And where he lies about it every day. I mean, every time he says, I had nothing to do with it, it's not true. And in one particular case, uh, the Chinese communist dictatorship got $70 million to the University of Pennsylvania. Biden's centers at the University of Pennsylvania, he took out nearly a million dollars personally. So when he says, oh, I didn't get a dime from China. No, he didn't. It was washed through the University of Pennsylvania. Listen, they also got a billion five in this Bank of China deal with no experience. You're dealing with Russian oligarchs. He got a three and a half million dollar wire transfer, a wire transfer with a Kazakhstan oligarch. Uh, we know about Ukraine already and Burisma with no experience. We, you know, all, all of these countries, all of these nationals, a spending spree with a Chinese national. Um, all of it combined. I mean, it's pretty obvious what's gone on here. And the amount of money is breathtaking. And. You know, the mob and the media, all they do is run defense, as I've been playing earlier in the program today. Well, and the third thing I think that the president has to say is if if Joe Biden had had to deal with COVID, he would still be in the basement listening to experts and trying to decide whether or not to do something. The fact is you have an entrepreneurial president who from day one had the guts to act decisively, who closed off China when people like Biden were attacking him for doing it, closed off Europe, organized things, refilled the gap that had been left by Obama and Biden when they failed to, to purchase the supplies that they had used up uh, in, in, a, in an epidemic in 2014. And the president launched this extraordinary vaccine program, which is by sometime late this fall going to be producing three or four or five different vaccines, uh, and we will defeat COVID. Now, Biden's solution would be the European Cuomo, you know, Mur Murphy, uh, Whitmer solution, which is hunker down, destroy every small business in this country, eliminate, create a sense of despair, have a spike in suicides and drug addiction, uh, and do nothing and hope it goes away someday. Where does your so gut tell you this is headed this election? I mean, look, this is not our first rodeo. We've known each other since 1990. <laughs> Um, we've been through many elections. I'll I tell you where I am. I am where I was in 2016, and that is he absolutely can win re-election. Absolutely. I see a, a strong path for him I'm to much, win re-election and strong arguments more, to get there. I'm much more bullish. I'm much more bullish. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go out on the limb. He will win by a bigger margin than 16. He will win more states than in 16. Uh, we're going to pick up James and John James in the U.S. Senate in Michigan, for example. Uh, we're going to pick up, of course, the seat in, in the uh, Senate seat in Alabama. Wow! Uh, I, I feel very comfortable that Mitch uh, McConnell is going to come back and be the majority leader again. And if it breaks right, and you're seeing a lot of things moving out there, if it breaks right, uh, you could end. It's a longer shot, but you could end up with Kevin McCarthy as speaker. Uh, you because don't you just see things moving. Okay, so there's enthusiasm on a scale I've never seen in my lifetime for any politician with Trump. You don't have any enthusiasm for Biden, but you have this other factor. Uh, let's call it Trump hatred. You know, so it really comes down to the people that love the president, you know, that show up at these rallies that are so enthusiastic. And Biden, you know, with Bon Jovi can get seven people and 12 pumpkins in a field which is, yeah. you know, and, and by the way, he took two of the last three days off. You do know that, right? He's yeah. off again. Well, and, the and by the way, in the third day, he referred to the president as George twice. 
That's you correct. Why, you can see why he takes time off. All right, so your prediction is that the president's going to win. And, you know, it's I, I read these polls, and it is so reminiscent of 2016. And I'm asking myself, did they not learn a thing? In, no. in other words, that's you basically said that like I'm, that's a stupid question, Hannity. Go ahead. Tell, you, you can excoriate me. Go right ahead. I'm not, I'm not excoriating you. Look, look when, when you have a guy <laughs> like Nate Silver, who on election day, said the odds were 85% that Hillary is going to win. All of his prestige is tied up in being liked by his friends. They're the ones who pay his contracts. They're the ones who have him come speak. And they all want to be told that Biden's going to win. And if he ended up being like the outliers who actually have found the hidden Trump voters, then he would lose all these contracts. Why is there this hidden Trump voter and how big is it? It's hard to, you know, it's hard to it's hard to really put a figure on it. Well, Robert Cahalli at Trafalgar, who's one of the people I really respect. Yeah, we had on last week. He's really good. Yeah, yeah he, he believes it is two to three times bigger than in 2016 and that it includes suburban women. It includes African-American males. Uh, and that that it is literally going to shock people. By- Byron York had a great piece, which I think is tragically undercovered. He went to this Trump rally in Western Pennsylvania, in which people had come together from all of Western Pennsylvania and Eastern Ohio and and West Virginia, and it wasn't a campaign event. It was folks who got organized on Facebook because they loved Donald Trump, and they wanted to show their support for him. And he said there was it was this huge motorcade driving all around Western Pennsylvania, saying Donald Trump is our guy. Now you don't see that for for Biden. I mean, you don't even see people people don't even walk across the street for Biden. And yet, I've never seen a candidate where people chant, "We love you." Yeah, I gotta, I gotta uh, let it go right here, uh, Mr. Speaker. We'll have you on many times in the next eight days. Looking forward to uh, election day. We're here. It's game time. Uh, we'll get the country we deserve. The American people, the ultimate jury. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Thanks. Take care. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean, toll free number. How bad would Biden's plan? What would it do to the economy? His plan to eliminate fossil fuels and ban fracking. We'll check in with an expert next. 25 till the top of the hour, eight days. You are the ultimate jury. The American people will decide. Take nothing for granted. The president, three stops in Pennsylvania today. At every stop now, he is showing the flipping and the flopping and the flailing of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris on the issue of fracking and fossil fuels, uh, which I think is critical. Also, Joe Biden's quest over most of his career to cut Medicare and cut Social Security, because Joe Biden's been lying about that too. Biden off today, just like he was off yesterday. I guess he needs his West and we waxation. Um, uh, 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 that waskly wabbit. That's not too good, is it? Anyway, I'm trying. Uh, anyway, so the president barnstorming Pennsylvania, hammering away, now using a jumbotron on the stump, which I think is very effective and very smart. Uh, but the reality is uh, we have a poll out today, post-debate, insider advantage. I thought it was a three-point. I apologize. It's a two-point lead in Pennsylvania, uh, 48-46. We told you about the Rasmussen poll. Last week uh, they had Trump trailing Biden by three points. Now he's up by two. Looks like a big 
post-debate bump. And I, I, I guarantee you the issue of energy and fossil fuels and the Green New Deal and and Biden's radicalism, you know, Biden, Biden's never ending gaffes, you know, referring to Donald Trump as George Bush twice in one interview, uh, calling Trump hecklers chumps. You know, I guess it's his his irredeemable, deplorable moment, um, you know, bragging to raise taxes in a tough economy, which is another dumb is- issue he's taken on. Uh, but I will tell you, everything that they say that they're going to do, open borders, amnesty, higher taxes, pack the courts, eliminate the legislative filibuster, amnesty for, you know, what, 15 million people, uh, all of everything is going to be free. 62 cents of every dollar, 64 cents of every dollar is going to end up in taxes under a Biden administration and unmitigated economic disaster. Weakness on foreign policy, um, you know, now will be dependent on on energy sources abroad, raising the the possibility of conflicts abroad again. Uh, I mean, there's so many repercussions losing up to 19 million high paying career jobs in the energy sector, eliminating fossil fuels. It's absolute madness. Um, Let's listen to Biden and, and Kamala in their own words. I am not, not, not banning fracking, period. But kiddo, I want you to just take a look, okay? You don't have to agree, but I want you to look in my eyes. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, we're going to end fossil fuel, and I am not going to cooperate with it, okay? No more, no new fracking. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, we would we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated and no more subsidies for either one of those. Will you commit to implementing a federal ban on fracking your first day in office, adding the United States to the list of countries who have banned this devastating practice? There's no question I'm in favor of banning fracking. Banning fracking. Banning fracking. Okay, now they're lying and saying, oh, we're not going to ban fracking. Why? Because they're losing Pennsylvania. Uh, Daniel Eberhardt is with us. He's the CEO of an energy company called Canary LLC. They have locations in the great state of Pennsylvania, place that would be heavily, heavily impacted uh, by Biden's uh, policies and Kamala Harris's policies. He's written two books, by the way, on energy, switching gears, uh, and the most recently, the switch. Um, anyway, he makes a lot of good points and I wanted to see how would this, by the way, welcome to the program, Dan, how would this impact your business in particular and how would it impact the energy sector and the millions and millions of high paying career energy jobs that people have all over the country? Well, thank you for having me on. You know, what what always strikes me about this banning fracking thing, and I I think it's an applause line in a democratic primary more than it's something you can actually do. But what always strikes me is. If you ask consumers if they're willing wait, 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 Dan, to let me interrupt you. Why would you doubt they're going to do it? Because this is their Green New Deal. This is what they've, they've signed on to. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, think, I think they're going to do it. But my, my point is, it, you know, you say, hey, we want to ban fracking, and it's a applause line in a Democratic primary uh, amongst leftists. But if you ask consumers, do you want to pay twice as much at the pump to not have fracking? The answer is a resounding no. And they, they're never honest with people about this is what the cost is going to be. This is what it's going to cost you and your family to be able to say this. They, they never get that far. 
every expert I've ever interviewed on the issue of energy and fracking says the same thing that that you guys, meaning you in this industry, I don't really know a whole lot of the ins and outs of it. It's a one thing I've watched as a as an outsider, and I've I've wondered many many times how to invest in energy, and I've never figured it out to be honest. And I just, but so I don't understand that aspect of it. But I want you to describe what, how safe is the practice of fracking? What impact does it have on the economy? What does natural gas mean to this country's economy and the world's economy? So fracking is very, very safe. Look, the, the water table is something like eight, 900 feet, and there's at least four inches of concrete, if not more, called the casing but between, between the, the oil, you know, the oil and the hydrocarbon and what's going on with the water table. It has nothing to do with that. The drilling is about two miles underground, and fracking is about a two, four, six-inch micro-explosion where we're just trying to increase the, the porosity of the well and what we can extract. This has led to lower energy costs for everybody, and it's led to America be, America's energy independence. So we're less dependent on the Middle East, so we can push on Iran, we can push on Saudi Arabia, we can have sanctions on Russia. We couldn't do this stuff 15 years ago because we needed the, the oil from these countries. So it, it's, it's helped us foreign policy-wise, but it's also lowered the energy costs for consumers, and it's led to millions and millions of jobs. You know, Without the U.S. shale revolution, the Great Recession would have been a Great Depression. It created about 2 million jobs in the middle of the country when we needed them the most during the last Great Recession. You know, I, and I look at this and I'm like, OK, I'm all in favor of alternative energies. I believe we, sh- we need clean water and air and we should be good stewards of the gifts that God gives us. But here's a f- fact. Right now, the world is dependent on all things energy, oil, gas, and coal. Now, if we can come up with some solution uh, that we can transition out of one day that will also create jobs and will be good and cheaper energy for everybody and cleaner, I'm all for it. But it doesn't exist, does it? No. The, 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 the problem is the, the left isn't being honest about what it's going to cost to achieve this transition they want at their preferred pace. Because, look, we can achieve anything in this country if we don't care about the cost. But American families aren't going to want to pay higher taxes and more for their energy to, to satisfy the, the left's agenda in a vacuum. Let's talk about the jobs that you create in Pennsylvania. How many people work for you? Uh, so, so now, now uh, approximately 20. We're, we're located in, uh, in, in Pennsylvania. We've got Charleroi, Pennsylvania. We've got about 20 folks there, uh, and they're working the oil fields in Pennsylvania and Ohio. Okay. Now, how good do the jobs pay for the people, the average person that works for you? Uh, I, I think they're relatively good. I, I think our average employee makes somewhere around 90000 a year. 90000 a year. Now, remember at the height of, you, you were talking about, the, say, the, the North Dakota oil boom that took place. Um, it yeah. really did the help market. the economy. Okay. There were truck drivers being trained, and, and they would train you, house you, and then you'd still make... 80 grand a year and have all the overtime you could t- handle. Um, so when you add all of these jobs up, these are good, high paying career jobs for people with a lot of training opportunities also associated with them. Isn't that also true? Yeah, no, the, the oil industry has had good paying jobs and, the, and these are quality jobs with benefits, you know, with overtime, you know, possibilities. And it, it's a good, it's a good place to work. A lot of people love these jobs 
people will move for these jobs, and it's a good industry to work in. What would Pennsylvania lose in terms of its economy? And, for example, if all, if all of fracking is banned in Pennsylvania, what impact do you think, being in the business, it would have on the Pennsylvania economy? Well, it, it, would, be, it would be a sucking sound of about 500,000 direct jobs, and it would probably impact, impact close to another million people you know, in, in oil-filled towns that are you know, hairdressers, retailers, restaurants hotels, et cetera, like that. And, and in Western Pennsylvania and in the northern central part of the state, this is a big deal. You know, Pennsylvania is the heart of the Marcellus Shale. And it's, you know, it's like the Saudi Arabia of natural gas. And it's really more about natural gas and less about oil. And natural gas is a cleaner burning fuel. And, and the Democrats just have lost. It, it, it boggles my mind with, when Joe Biden said that stuff at the debate. He just seems completely tone deaf. And, and like he just doesn't even care about Pennsylvania. Obviously, the campaign is since trying to walk it all back, but you know he's tied himself into a pretzel trying to appease the the far loony left and with the Green New Deal, but at the same time make a play for Pennsylvania. He's turned himself into a pretzel. He looks just like a typical politician, which he is. Which he is. Dan Eberhart, CEO, energy company Canary LLC, locations in Pennsylvania. If you ever need to hire people and you're looking for people, let us know. We'll we'll let we'll let our audience know you have great jobs there in Pennsylvania. Hopefully assuming that Donald Trump gets reelected. Uh, thank you, sir, for being with us. Uh, thank you for having me on your program. Shelly, Ohio. We need Ohio in eight days, Shelly. We're counting on you. Will you bring in the great state of Ohio, and will Donald Trump carry Ohio? I don't think we're going to have any problem. He's doing fantastic here. I had a quick question for you, uh, and this is kind of on the journalism side. I'm wondering why nobody is asking any Biden surrogate or Democrat that comes on the air, if there's nothing to the laptop, why is there an FBI subpoena linked to a money laundering investigation to it? Boy, you asked. At sec, that's 272, which is code for exactly that, money laundering. Dan Bongino pointed that out to me. I was like, ah, there we go. Um, right. Because so. the media is corrupt. Unfortunately, we have a deep state that is corrupt. Um, one of the saddest things that would be a consequence if, God forbid, you know, this weak, frail, semi-conscious, you know, half a corpse was elected president and controlled by the radical left, is that all of these investigations into all of these nefarious deep state acts and and all of the things that we've exposed, abuse of power, corruption, would just disappear, dissipate. And it would unfortunately result in even more power and more corruption and more control. And so the answer to your question is, it is sad that I've just concluded, to be very blunt with you, that we have a a two-tier justice system in the the country. If you're a Republican, you spit on the sidewalk, you're going to get, you know, 30 guys in tactical gear, frogmen and CNN cameras if you spit on the sidewalk or jaywalk. And if you're a Democrat, you can get away with, uh, let's see, uh, violations like Hillary Clinton, her abuse of power and the Espionage Act and how she treated her hard drives and deleting subpoenaed emails. It's all fine. All of this is okay. Spying on a president, fine. Lying to a FISA court, fine. Joe Biden leveraging a billion dollars quid pro quo for zero experience, Hunter, fine. Oligarchs, Russia, Kazakhstan, Ukraine. You know, wire payments, fine. 
you know, t- being taken out on shopping sprees, Chinese nationals, fine. No experience, billion five, Bank of China, fine. That, you know, that's my conclusion. I wish I could give you a better answer. I wish I well, could I'm tell you I believed in... in on Fox. I'm sorry? Like, nobody is, ask- nobody is asking that question even on Fox. Like, Shelly, 9 to 10 p.m. It's called Hannity on the Fox News Channel. I'm asking it. <laughs> I've done it for four years. Give me a little credit here. Um <laughs> Well, God bless you, Shelly. We're counting on you. Pull in Ohio. Eight days. We need you. All right. That's going to wrap things up for today. All right. Hannity, 9 Eastern. We expect during that hour that Amy Coney Barrett will be sworn in. Apparently, we're being told by John Roberts of Fox that it's probably going to be Clarence Thomas that does it. Lindsey Graham, Newt Gingrich, Kaylee McEnany, Laura Trump, uh, Katie Pavlich, Corey Lewandowski, Dave Bossie, uh, Dan Bongino. All coming up. Hannity, 9 Eastern, set your DVR, Fox News, back here tomorrow, one week from tomorrow. Guess what happens? You are the ultimate jury. We'll see you tonight, back here tomorrow. Thanks for being with us.